birds sat on my window And they told me I don't need to hurry Summer came like cinnamon So sweet Little girls double dutch on the concrete and maybe sometimes we've got it wrong, but it's alright. The more things seem to change, the more we stay the same. We'll put your records on. Tell me your favorite song. Hey, it's your girl Rosie. I'm back with another episode of the Rosie Perspective. I am back with a new guest this time by the name of Natalie. Hey, hey. All right, Natalie and I have been friends for over 15 years, and we are now mothers of boys, and um, I wanted to do this episode to discuss motherhood. Um, You know, sometimes I'd be talking about a whole bunch of different things, but I wanted to take this time because I have a lot of um, quarantine babies coming. (laughs) I have a lot of pregnant friends. Y'all have been uh, having sex. (laughs) Well, I figured this would be a good time to have a motherhood episode and we could share our experiences. So again, Natalie, I want to congratulate you on uh, your children. They're both young, but you had the baby. How long ago did you have the baby again? Um, Well, I had my newest baby on um, in June, beginning of June. And then I also have one that's going to be two in the next in the next month or two he's gonna be two so I have two little ones okay so all right so first I want to start off with your pregnancy experience I guess we can start off with the older one and then the younger one to see um okay did you have a good pregnancy for both of them were they both pretty similar or drastically different some people have like a great first pregnancy or vice versa and then the second one's completely opposite I'm going to say that both my pregnancies were pretty similar. I don't know if it's because I had them both so close together, but they were pretty similar. I will say I enjoyed my first pregnancy much more than I enjoyed my second pregnancy. Why do you think that is? Were you okay? So your oldest son, I know you said his birthday is in within the next month. So you you weren't really pregnant through the summer for your second one. I feel like pregnancy summers would make someone a little bit more miserable. No, I don't know. Um, well, it's funny you say that. So my first pregnancy, I loved it. I loved being pregnant. Like I was just like, when I got pregnant with my first child, I was, I couldn't believe it. Like I was shocked. Like I was like, Wow. God's really giving me a baby. I'm really a mother. So I so that just felt good in itself. And then um you know, I just felt so like empowered by my pregnancy and and I was just ready. And then not only that, it was a 
really good pregnancy. It was very smooth. Um, I didn't have any issues, thank God, other than heartburn. That's not if you even want to call that an issue. Um, on top so, did you have you didn't have morning sickness for either of your pregnancies? I did. I did. I had. I had morning sickness um, with both in the first three months, the first trimester. Um, I did feel nauseous, but you know. Uh, so I'm also a registered nurse, and so yes, you are. <laughs> okay. So some tips for for moms to be uh, a way to keep the nausea down would be to eat snacks frequently. So always have like um, some peanuts in your bag or chips, pretzels, whatever you like to eat, just something to munch on, you know, like planting chips. Um, I I had different cravings for different chips. My first pregnancy, I, I would keep like salt and vinegar chips by my bedside. Then I got sick of that. And then I had plants <laughs> chips by my bedside. Um, you know, you know, you always want to but you always want to eat like throughout the day. Don't let yourself go hungry because that's when you will get morning sickness. Even if it's not morning, you'll feel nausea at night. Um, so I that sounds that. terrible. Yeah, I, I kept it at bay, though, with with the frequent sna- snacking, being well hydrated. Um, I kept the nausea at bay, but I felt it and I, oh, and I was extremely, my first three months, extremely tired. I mean, I had laundry piled up. I didn't do my taxes until like the last day I was able to do my, (laughs) 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 so, and it was the same thing with night, very tired, some nausea, but that's just normal stuff. I didn't have anything drastic like um, high blood pressure or anything like that. Were um, your feet swollen on, on, or did you gain an extreme amount of weight? Because some people I know they can get up to like 100 pounds, but it's a lot of it's water weight. Their feet get really swollen really early. I don't know if it makes a difference if it's the summertime. Because I know even for me, sometimes now, regularly, I feel like my feet get a little, you know, swollen in the summertime and I ain't even pregnant. But um did you experience like super swollen feet? I didn't really get very swollen with either pregnancies. Like I said, like I, I was, my pregnancies were both smooth sailing by the grace of God. Um, so, and I did not gain um, a lot of weight with either one. The especially the first one, like I did, I was all belly. And as a matter of fact, I lost weight. Like. I know that sounds crazy, but my face got um, like smaller, my arms, my back, even my legs got more toned and it was just my belly. And I feel like because everything I was eating, all my nutrition was going to the baby and and I didn't have any like excess calories to to get that to gain extra fat you know so I felt like everything was going to the baby for whatever reason I was all belly and um you was definitely all belly you carried both of your pregnancies hella good okay (laughs) and your snapback is crazy as fuck okay (laughs) I'm like, who got two kids? Who got two kids? No, yes, girl, you look great. I'm like, okay, come through, Natalie. Thank Uh, you. The second one, the second one, I did gain more weight, though. I I couldn't. I mean, obviously, you could tell probably more than other people can, but some people, you know, they do gain a massive amount of weight, and it's noticeable. But take it and roll with it, guys. Some people they're so worried about the weight that's like, listen. 
like a baby. Your body's changing. It's okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, so exactly. for me, um, my pregnancy was fabulous. Um, that's the thing. I'm afraid. I mean, obviously, I don't want any more children. I'm cool with just one. But I also don't know if I would have the luxury of having a second pregnancy that went as smoothly as the first. For me, I'm just like, it went so well. I I think I threw up one time the whole pregnancy in the beginning. I think I, did, first- I threw up one time, too, with, with my it? first yeah, one time. And that's because I, I, like I said, I let myself go hungry. I was at work all day. I didn't eat all day. I stopped at Whole Foods, got a, a soup, and then I ate the soup. After being starving, I threw everything up. But but I just wanted to add that. I, I also threw up one time, and it was really bad. Like, it was not Yeah, bad. that one time was, I'm like, damn. Honestly, I, that's how my mom knew I was pregnant. I didn't even know I was pregnant. She knew I was before before I knew that I was but parents be knowing I'm thinking I'm okay and then uh she's like I can tell I'm like damn I I didn't know but she could tell and I was tired I was sleepy all the time but that was in the beginning that's nothing negative because you're expected but it was a great pregnancy the only complaint that I would have um would be that I was pretty much all belly and my belly stretched out till it couldn't stretch anymore um Obviously, when I had my son, I almost got induced. Um, if I had, he came three weeks early. If he didn't, I would have gotten induced the week after because my stomach had stretched so much that I couldn't stand it. Like my stretch marks were so raw and so red. Wow. Stretched my belly out. And he was only six pounds. So it's like you would have thought I had a big ass baby and I didn't. So I don't know what the heck happened there. I gained the, um, I gained 35 pounds, which for my weight was like the appropriate amount. It was like between 25 and 35. And I think I was right at 34, 35. Um, but yes, I loved it. I was, you know, floating on, floating on uh, air and just kind of like whatever. So I did have a good pregnancy. So I want to go into like the birth experience. Mm-hmm. And for the people listening, Natalie was actually there when my son was born. Yes, I will never forget it. And it was the most beautiful, <laughs> graceful birth. It was the first birth I've ever seen. But it definitely was not the last uh, with, you know, going to school for nursing and doing maternity and helping people deliver babies. I've seen births. I've had my own births. And Rosalie's birth was beautiful. We were literally, can I talk a little bit about it? Yeah, of course. I will never forget. I feel like we're connected for life. Yes, we we definitely are. We definitely are. It was me and our our, our, one of our best friends, Jamina. I was on one side of the bed. Jamina was on the other side. I'm holding one leg. Jamina's holding the other leg. And literally me, wait, before we were got to holding the legs and Rosie gets to push in, we, during labor, we were literally talking like about our nails. Like we were just <laughs> having girl talk about getting our nails done. Then out of nowhere, the doctor's like, okay, you're ready to push. And Rose's like, okay, I'm holding one leg, Jamina's holding the other leg. And it was just so beautiful, graceful, like just girlfriends talking and then a baby just ready to push a baby and and, and the baby came out and it was just so it was just so nice Jamina cut the cord yes I I, I wanted to secretly but I was like let me stand back (laughs) (laughs) 
no, that was, I, I mean, I think the only, I couldn't see it, but I did get to feel his head as he was coming out. Um, another thing is, hey, it is what it is, but I'm just going to mention this part because I had to experience it. So, ladies, if you um, are about to give birth and you are not clear um, down there as far as um, poop, you have to poop before you can start pushing your baby out. I was unaware that I needed to poop because I had gotten the epidural, but they told me I cannot start pushing until I poop. Again, I'm numb, so I had to manage to poop prior to me being able to push. I didn't know that it was happening, but they let me know that I had successfully um, done so. So <laughs> I don't know if a lot of ladies... I don't even remember that. They must have wiped yeah. that out so fast because I don't Girl, remember that. Because I'm like, damn, my friends and me, I got a dead ass like poop right now. But <laughs> I have to do what I have to do. But I didn't know that prior to having a baby. Maybe people are more informed now, but I'm just letting people that don't know that if it's not clear, that path is not clear, then they're going to make you uh, go poop before you're able to put your baby out. Um, so tell me about your birth experiences. How was it for both of your kids? Was it smooth? Did you have a vaginal birth or C-section? I had a vaginal birth for both. Um, but for my first one, I almost had to go in for a C-section. So um, my first birth experience, so mind you, both my pregnancies, like I said, was smooth. Um, I didn't talk about my second pregnancy. It wasn't as smooth as my first, as my first one. Um, but it nothing, nothing crazy. Um, I, but back to the birth experience, my first birth experience, like I said, I had such a smooth pregnancy. So I thought that I was going to have such a smooth, um, delivery and that was not the case. Um, really? It, well, it, it wasn't bad, but it was like, okay. Uh, I wasn't, I was not dilating. I was not open. Uh, so mind you, um, I was past my due date and they were Oh, I cannot. The past the due date part, I would have been like, come on out. I'm telling you right now, I did not want in him to come out. I love my what? Baby, but I did because I didn't want to have to go through with the bird with the pushing. I was scared. <laughs> I was like, oh no. I, I was scared. I was like, what if I rip? Anything can happen. You know. That's like, let me mention that real quick. I did tear. Although my son was six pounds. I tore, I didn't find out that I tore. Again, I was on the epidural. I was numb. But as soon as the epidural starts wearing off, before that, they let me know, hey, we have to stitch you up because you tore. And it's all good and great while you're numb until after the numbness wears off and reality hits you really fast. Yeah. But go ahead. I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, because I, you know, when when you learn about like, um, giving birth and stuff like that you learn about the ripping with the lacerations and you know some some people don't rip at all um some people you can rip a little bit and sometimes you can rip all the way I'm talking about to your anus oh and, my God. and you can imagine how tricky that's gonna get when you have to when you have to go a number two you know what I mean so yeah. I was like 
scared of that. I'm like, oh, no, anything can happen. I'm not ready for it yet. No, can't he just stay in my belly a little longer? Why don't we just let him come out when he wants to? The doctor's like. (laughs) That's not how it works. (laughs) The doctor's like, you know, after a certain time, you know, the placenta, they don't get enough nutrition. And it could be dangerous for the baby. It can even lead to a stillbirth. So you don't want to go too past your due date. We will have to induce you. So they um, scheduled me to be induced. And I actually went into labor the day before I was supposed to be induced. And um, yeah. And when I went into labor, it was like five in the morning and I woke up uh, my child's father and I was just like, oh my God, I think it's happening because it was like period pains, but it was like the worst period pains. It was like, oh my, then it turned in, it it went from being the worst period pains in the world to feeling like somebody stabbing you from the inside. And I said, yeah, these are not fake contractions. These are not, um, uh, the, the, yeah, these are not the, the Braxton Hicks contractions. This is, this is the real thing. And so I had called the doctor. I told her, I think I'm going to labor. They're like, okay, cool. Come in. Um, we went to the hospital and um, then they saw if I was dilated and I was like one centimeter. And they said, usually we send people home when they're not, when you're not three centimeters and tell yeah. them to come back. But they were like, we're not going to do that with you because you're supposed to be induced tomorrow anyways. So we're just going to let you stay. And if you, you know, we'll wait for you to to get to three centimeters because you're past your due date anyway. So I was like, okay. So um, they were telling, I I was not... um, and by the way, guys, like if you're past your due date and have to induce you, they give you two options. Um, one, mind you, I'm not a a, a, a labor, uh, I'm not a, a labor and delivery nurse, or but I'm not a maternity nurse. Um, so excuse me if I don't use all the correct terminology. But um, if you do have to be um, induced, you, you usually have two options. I don't know. They gave me two options. One of them is to take a pill. Um, and I can't think of the pill right now. It's very late and, but they, they, um, they have you take a pill or actually I think it's site, 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 uh, site, I don't, I've, it starts with a C, but, um, I don't know that I never even heard of people having to take a pill. I, I didn't know how the induced process works. Yep. You can take a pill and this pill actually can cause it's it's not even it can it could be used for induction but it it's also used for for something else and um and it and what and it can cause this pill right here can cause an abortion like if you were to take it early in your pregnancy it can cause an abortion so when you're when you're taking it that late then it's used for inducing yes yep so you can either take that pill or they, and that's the new, that's, it's a new practice, it's a newer practice. And then, or you can do it the old fashioned way, which is something like a balloon that they put in you. And then they, they do the balloon and then they give you what's called Pitocin to help okay, you. Okay, that I've heard. Yep, cause, because that's the classic one. I say, give me the classic one. I all, oh, whenever they say, 
classic or new stuff i say classic because classic you know that there's been studies done on it that's true new it's like you the guinea pig <laughs> it's something it could be that you know what i mean and, Hell no. yeah so so i said no no i don't want the pill i'll do the old school way <laughs> with the balloon and the pitocin if i do have to be induced but i didn't have to be induced so i but i so i did come in i was Oh, it took me forever to get to three centimeters. And my that's you- crazy though, because I can say that for me, I was already three centimeters dilated two weeks. Mind you, my son came three weeks early and two weeks before that three weeks, I was already two centimeters dilated. So I was walking around living my best life and I was three <laughs> centimeters wow. dilated. And when I did the day that, again, he was supposed to be born at the, end of the month and he came right in the beginning and my water broke and that's how I knew I went to the bathroom and I'm like okay I went back I laid down and then I realized that okay I'm feeling wet again and I'm like oh my god next thing you know I felt like a gush and I was wet all over I was like okay this is what it's like there's no pain there's no nothing you're just wet so my mom was home obviously she was like okay let's go to the hospital my mom can drive, don't get me wrong, but her Haitian driving skills and for what I was looking for wasn't working out. So I had her pull over and I said, let me drive because I don't have time to wait for you to get to the hospital. So I was wet and all and I drove myself to the hospital and I had to waddle my ass in there. Um, and after, um, I went in about, I don't know, early afternoon and he was born like Pat, like a little bit after after midnight so I really wasn't in labor that long no was you weren't what was that was your labor super long uh yes it was and that's why I was saying that my first I thought it, I was gonna have an easy labor and it wasn't so easy it took forever first of all um so I know you you mentioned your water breaking my water didn't break for either pregnancies they had to really for me I don't even know what it's like to have a water be broken because yeah oh, they had to break it both times so um for my so uh, I thought it like I said I thought my my the labor is gonna be easy no it was not it, it took forever I we got there five in the morning uh with the shooting pains mind you they cannot give you epidural but okay until you're dilated a certain amount well so what it is is you're not put into the labor room so when you come in uh when you're uh you know in labor you're first admitted to um triage um you're not put into the labor room right away because to be put in the lab- to in the labor room, you have to be at least three centimeters. And that's and, and the only time you can get epidural is when you're in the labor room. Yeah. So you have so I was one centimeter, but still in excruciating pain until I got to three centimeters. And that took forever. And I couldn't get epidural, so I'm over there in triage, in pain, and and the and the only thing that and all they could give you was Tylenol, right? And so they were giving me the the 500 Tylenols every you know every couple hours, and um, and it it was it barely helps, but it's something. And then I was and and what I did 
was I I like you're supposed to do breathing as as you could do a special type of breathing and actually with my second birth this nurse did something really cool for me she like grabbed my head like with her hand really yeah she put like one hand in front of my forehead and like held it real tight and her other hand in the back of my head and told me to breathe and it worked Really? I've never yes. heard of that before. I never heard cool. of that either. I never heard of it in nursing school. I never saw it before. She, I w- So that's my second pregnancy. But, uh, so I was in pain. I, was in, I needed my, I need epidural. I recommend girls. I Girl, recommend. you know it. I'm like epidural. Uh, I am a spokesperson for that Me shit. Too. I if I would have been able to make it with the epidural, with going in my water breaking, I... Probably, as I would be able to remember, I think I was in pain for no more than 20 minutes because as soon as I got the epidural, I was fine. And that 20 minutes was a brutal ass 20 minutes. So I can't imagine and I commend women that go through natural birth. That is crazy, you guys. Like, But you know what, what, though? Okay, I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend anybody, but I mean, why? What is the point? There, like, studies have been done on epidural. It it does not harm your baby. It does not harm you. You know, maybe maybe I'm guessing they believe that there is some harm or medicine. Maybe they feel like I don't know. I you're right. I've never had that conversation to know why they choose to go through uh, natural birth versus getting epidural. Because I didn't give a fuck what anybody said. <laughs> I was getting that epidural, and I sure did. And I recommend it to anybody. I do. I do. Recommend- recommend it as well it does not harm your baby it does not harm you I did epidural both times um there's side effects to everything like uh, so the side effects to the epidural could be like headache um back pain come on headache or back pain you feel that when you're not even pregnant you'll be fine okay so it does not harm you does not harm the baby and so I so go for it because what is the point of going through the excruciating pain for what me me personally I I wholeheartedly decided on epidural because I knew I wanted to enjoy my birth I wanted to um I just wanted to be coherent I want to think when I'm in excruciating pain I can't think clear I know, you know? I know. I, I want to be calm. I want to be Zen. You know, I want to have like conversations with my child's father and the nurse. And then when my baby comes out, I want to just hold him and be in peace with him. I don't want to be like, ah, shit, fuck. Like, I don't want to be, excuse my yeah. language. I don't want to be, you know, uh, miserable. So I said, no, this is a this is beautiful. This is a, it could be a once in a lifetime thing. So I want to enjoy it. I don't want to be in excruciating pain. I don't want to be miserable. I know it's going to be great when the baby comes out, but I don't want to go through that. I want to do the epidural. So I've decided that ahead of time and I do recommend it. Um, As do I. So, I mean, obviously you do whatever you want. If you decide not to, fine. But both of us recommend it. We've gone through it. It was definitely a tremendous help. Um, And I know I've heard stories where um, some women, they have gotten the epidural, but it didn't fully numb them. I don't know why. 
Um, hopefully you just have a doctor or, oh, also I had a midwife. I did not have a doctor. I had a midwife. Um, and I loved her. I think her name was, shoot, I'll talk about, I love her and everything. I don't know her name. Uh, I think her name was Elizabeth. That was a long time ago. (laughs) I know, 11 years ago, but uh, I think her name was Elizabeth or Beth, but she was amazing. And I don't have a specific reason why I picked a midwife. I think the doctor was a regular thing. And I'm like, let me go with a midwife. Why not? But Honestly, I don't, I don't know what the difference was. When I went into labor, they called her. She came, she visited, but she didn't deliver my son, I don't believe. Um, but she did come and talk to me and whatever. But I liked her. I would recommend a midwife. I really don't know the big difference, but I had a great experience. Did you have a doctor or a midwife for your pregnancies? So mine is kind of interesting. Um, uh, I went to Brigham and Women and I, I went both times and I love them. I love, I love Brigham and women. I know that they, they're up to date with all the latest studies and I know, you know, they, their nurses are great. Their doctors are, are great. It's one of the best hospitals in the country. So I, I went to them, but the way that they do it is in, in at first I really didn't like that they did it like this. I didn't see one person the whole way through. I saw different um residents so I wouldn't have liked that I I didn't like that you know at first but it it turned out well so I went back to them um but so I every time I would come in for my visits when I was pregnant it it, it, sometimes it was the same person but it could be a different person I had I definitely met different people when I would come in for my visits and then sometimes it's like oh I met you before but then most of the times it was like a different person that I would see and then when you give birth it's whoever is on call like or whoever is there it could be anybody it could be somebody you didn't meet before I don't know how I feel about that I definitely saw my midwife every month that I went in and then every week when you get closer to your due date I preferred that much I prefer that in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, with all my doctor's visits, obviously, if you have a stomach ache or whatever, you're like, give me a resident, give me whoever's available. But I don't know how I feel about it. But I'm glad that you had a positive experience. Somebody else may be going there. They may be going through the same thing or not going. Yeah, um, the possibility. But but that's good. So okay, so I wanted to get into. Okay, someone said this before as far as um, relationships and um, children, and I'm curious to get your perspective on it. And someone once said that they believe that once two people have a child, that that he's convinced. (laughs) And I'm like, that's not true. Because I know plenty of people together with their uh, child's father, children's father, married, not married, whatever. He's convinced that when two people have a child, the mother of the child starts to hate the father. Just boom, the kid comes out all of a sudden. (laughs) And he has children and he has Mm -hmm. two children and he had two baby mothers and both of them hate him. It's probably a personal thing, but give me your perspective. Do you think things drastically change automatically once you have a kid or do you think it's like low-key unresolved things that kind of get put on the jump? I mean, put out front like once a kid comes because that kind of complicates things. I honestly think that a relationship between two people is so complex and dynamic that it can go any any direction in any random direction for any couple. Like it could be like the most perfect couple and then they have a child and then it, it like 
it's just awful for them when they have a child. And then it could be a, 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 a troubled relationship and then they have a child and, you know, and things actually get better. Um, sometimes it could get better by 1%. Sometimes it could get better all the way. Um, yeah. So I think it's different for everybody, but I do get what he is saying. And this is why I'm going to say this. So <laughs> before, if you've never had kids before, and you have this like idea of what it's like, to be a mom and have a child whatever it is you have in your head you have no idea until you <laughs> until it actually until you actually bring that baby home and you're really a mom and you're right and so some women it's like you know they have this fantasy idea of how things are gonna be like like in like a movie like a fairy tale and it's not like that and they and and they're and they're mad at that you know what I mean and 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 you can it's understandable how you can get frustrated with the child's father because too and then not only that it's so hard like okay so basically The easiest part is the pregnancy. That's the honeymoon, okay? You and... Yeah, because the baby's not physically here yet. The baby's not there yet. So what you eat, the baby eats. Wherever you go, the baby goes with you. You could sleep at any given time because you're pregnant and you can do that. You kick kick your feet up and sleep. If you have a a good baby's father, you might not even have to work. You know what I mean? And... um. And you get to enjoy your pregnancy. You sleep when you want. Um, You eat what you want. Both pregnancies, I ate what I wanted and whenever I wanted because I'm pregnant and I'm going to enjoy myself. So (laughs) I don't have to look good. I don't have to watch my weight. Uh, You know, I'm I'm already round, you know, so I might as well eat whatever I want. So drink, drinking soda the whole nine. So eating whole cakes. I had a sweet tooth. It was bad. So, <laughs> you know, um, so you it's the honeymoon, you know, and then the, and the sex is great. And so when you're pregnant, it's the honeymoon. When you give birth, okay, you cannot have sex until six weeks after. All right. So when you're used to having sex with your man, now you you're not getting none and he's not getting none for a whole six months so that could contribute six weeks. i mean sorry six weeks could you imagine six months six women gonna be like hold on i can't fuck for six months y'all got me messed up no they shouldn't have that i'm just kidding <laughs> yes so six weeks so that could add stress to a couple you know what i mean that could add stress to the man that gave me stressful for the woman you're bleeding um another thing you're not getting any sleep um your baby sleep is so far from reality at that point yes. i mean if you have a good baby some babies some people have babies that sleep throughout the night i mean hey my second, happens. One. My second um, one is like that Kyrie. i mean my first baby he was not like that. He, my first baby, he was hungry exactly every two to three hours. And he demanded his bottle a perfect on time. <laughs> like, and he was on time, like meticulous. Like I had to be on point with him because, and he would scream. It's like, I swear, it'll be like 
one hour and 59 minutes and he's screaming like where is my bottle and he was like that every two to three hours so with him you really needed to be on point so I was up every two to three hours 24 hours no sleep so girl that no sleep is no joke at at first it's like okay you're so happy your baby's home you're like okay I'm ready for this but it comes at you fast you're like all the time like (laughs) you see you see, I, th- I think it's important to know that the pregnancy is the honeymoon. And when the baby comes, that's when the real work, that's when the ish gets real. Like, no, it does. Because you definitely have to have a partnership. Make sure you. it's not like the dad could be sleeping all the time or the mom could be sleeping all the time. You kind of have to take turns. I mean, obviously, different dynamics for different relationships. Who knows what their work schedules like, whatever the case is. But it's definitely a partnership because one person can feel like, okay, I'm going to do all the work. Like, And that's where the resentment, and that's when the resentment starts. It's when the woman feels like she's doing it all on her own. The man just doesn't get it. And, um, and then, and, then that's when the resentment can fester because not only you have no sleep, you're getting no dick, um, you know, uh, and you're not eating whatever you want anymore because you are trying to get your body back. That could be something. Some women don't rush. I recommend don't rush. Don't worry about that. But some, some people do. Um, I know I stopped eating whole cakes and drinking sodas <laughs> right after I had my child. I bet whole cakes too. <laughs> so, oh, quick question: Did you breastfeed? Um, no, I did not. I did not do it with either one, and, and that made it easier for me with both. I, I hear you. I, I tried breastfeeding. I mean, if you can, if I, you can do it, do it. But me is too much for me. It is a lot. I did it, and I think I only got up to about a month. I was like, okay, we got to wrap this up. First of all, I didn't feel like he was getting enough. I just didn't. Same I here. felt like he was hungry. I felt like it it wasn't coming out enough to satisfy, you know, him needing it. And I know they said like um, the first, the first, I guess, breastfeeding session because. It's so pure, it's yellow, it's the most important. So he got that part. And um, well, I did it for about a month. Yeah. Your, your, your recording kind of sounds a little bit different right now. I don't know why. I don't know what happened to you, to your phone or your recording. But I'm just, Real. you know. Okay, now it's, it? back, now it's back to normal. Oh, okay. I'll chop this part off too. That's weird. Um, but yeah, so the breastfeeding thing, obviously, if it works for you, great. But for me, after a month, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to formula because it was uh, unbearable and it's painful. Uh, I know people are like, oh, it just looks on like the baby just latches on. But it's painful if you're not doing it the right way or the baby is not on or latched the right way. It hurts. There was days that I cried because my breast got so hard from the milk. Because I wasn't pumping. I would go out for a couple hours and I'm not thinking I have to pump. I didn't really know how this worked. Mm -hmm. And I would go out for a couple hours, no pump, no knowledge. Next thing you know, I'm on the road, hard boobs. Rock hard boobs. I'm at a 10 with pain. I'm rushing home to get in the shower. And then as I put warm water or if I get a hot towel, then it... um. Then it will go back to like softening up. But ladies, 
get some information about breastfeeding because I did not and I didn't know what the heck I was doing yep. and those painful boobs are no joke. Yep. I, well, I never even got to that point. I, you're better than me. You did it for one month. I did it for two weeks with both ch- children. Um, my first one, you know, and mind you, before I got pregnant, um, I always said, oh, I'm going to breastfeed. Why would I not breastfeed? Like, that's the best thing you can do for your baby. Like, I'm definitely going to breastfeed. Yeah. And then <laughs> I actually had my baby and I was like, I, he latched on right away. I, first of all, my boobs never got huge during either of my pregnancies. They did. And, um, and you know, and another thing a lot of people don't know, milk usually does not come in until the, until like three to five days. So sometimes people think that you have all this milk when you're pregnant or you have milk right away. No, you'll have colostrum. It's like a yellow, um, yep, liquid. It has. Which they said is the best, the best um yes. part for the baby to at least get that. They said that is the most important. Yes, it is. That is full of nutrition for the baby. Um, that's what you'll have in the beginning, and before it starts turning white, like actual milk, and you will see white drops coming out, and that's when you're getting actual milk, and that comes in like usually three to five days. So my drops would come in, but they were literally drops. I never got to the point. Yes, right. (laughs) I never got to that point where it's a lot, and um, and so with my first baby, I just felt like he was starving all the time. Yeah, that's how I felt. He would be on my boob. The You know, the doctors told in the hospitals like, oh, you know, he should be fine after 15, 20 minutes. You know, you want to do both sides. I'm like, okay. No, okay. He was on my boob for like half an hour on one side, half an hour on the other. The breastfeeding would take like an hour for me and then he'd still be hungry. And then, you know, he, he might fall asleep on my boob. And after that, finally, and then he'll wake right up in the next couple minutes and we'll do it again for a whole nother hour. And I'm like, this is, this is, this is crazy. I'm not about to be breastfeeding for an hour. No, I feel you. Like that's, I'm going to be here all day. And, and, and then on top of that, not only am I here all day, it's clearly not helping him. He's screaming yeah. for food, <laughs> you know, all the time, even though he's constantly on my boob. So I was like, after I didn't even wait five days. I think it was like on the third or fourth day. I just told his dad, I was just like, yep, just, just buy the formula, just go buy the formula because this ain't it. And, um, it was to the point that I'm up all night. He's on my boob all night. I'm falling asleep in the bed with him on my boob. Like it was, and you know, you're not supposed to do that. So it's, you know, that's, so it, it just, I was just like, just please buy the formula because I'm not getting any sleep at all. And not only am I not getting sleep, the baby's not even being satisfied. So once we got the formula, it was like heaven. Like I was finally getting some sleep. The baby would actually get to sleep for some increments before he would cry for his next bottle. It was much, much better. Like I was actually getting he would wake up every three hours. So I was actually getting like three hours sleep. Whereas before I get no sleep. And with my second one, I will say I, I tried, I tried a little bit more. I actually used the breast pump. Um, and, uh, and by the way, uh, ladies, if you have mass health, 
they yeah don't they they still for, provide um they'll free? give you a breast pump ask for a mm-hmm. ask for a breast pump and um ask for the good breast pump too because there's two different kinds um and one of them is the expensive one and they'll have it at the hospital let me see if i can find it the name I have here. Um, so ask for the uh, Spectra. That's the good one. It's ex- it's the it's the pricier one. It's the pricier of the options, but um, your insurance will cover it. So I actually used my Spectra um, with my second child and tried the pumping. And to me, if I was like a, if I was a dis- if I was on point with it, I would I would just pump. I would not even breastfeed. Like I would just pump every couple hours store the milk and um but you gotta be like you have to be disciplined with it you gotta do it every couple hours and you could there's a way to store the milk and everything um I would do that it's it's way less your child is still gonna get breast milk which is the best thing they can have better than formula but it doesn't hurt um it when you use the breast pump it hurts less um you're you know rather than the baby sucking on your breast to the point that your nipples are all sore and chapped. I know. So, that is no joke. That is painful. Yes, it is. So breastfeeding is not for me because not only it's it's just an awkward, even if the baby latches on perfectly fine and, and you're doing it right, it's still such an awkward feeling for me. I just don't like it. Even with the pump, like I just don't like the feeling. And, and not only that, it like it just exhausts you. I mean, it takes so much nutrition from your body. You're always hungry. Um, and so it, you, it, you, it's, it, when you're breastfeeding, it does make postpartum to me, for me, it makes it more challenging. Um, because okay. again, you have to be disciplined with either the, yeah, you do. the pumping. Okay. Um, you have to store the milk the right way. It is definitely an extra chore. It's, a pleasure because you're providing your baby with the greatest thing there is, but it definitely is an extra thing for you to do and you have to be disciplined with it. And, and you're, it, it is tiring. Um, so it just wasn't for me. So I did do formula. Um, and I, I got the formula that worked best for my first baby. I tried different for, you're not supposed to like switch formulas. Like yeah. that. You should ask, always ask your doctor. Um, but I did switch a little bit. Um, the first one, the first one I used was Enfamil, but I saw that he was spitting up so, so much. Um, so then I switched it to like, and he was, he had a lot of gas. So then I switched it to soy because my friend told me that that's what worked for her baby. So I tried this. That's what I did. I didn't use Infamil. I used Good Start. I think that's what it's called. Um, And I used soy, Good Start, the whole time. I think I started off with the regular one, and then he didn't really – I think he was also spitting up or didn't care for it much, and then I went to soy, and that's literally what he drank until he got off the bottle, the soy one, Good Start. The whole time I tried the soy. It was all right. I just have my own concerns about soy um, mm-hmm. because of, and I'm not, I, I didn't do a whole bunch of studies about this, but I just heard that, you know, soy, they can use a lot of pesticides with soy. So I didn't want to use soy unless I know it was organic, but I couldn't find any organic soy. So instead 
I just switched to organic formula. And so I went from Infamil, then Infamil soy. Then I didn't like soy that isn't organic, but I couldn't find, you know, the soy that's not organic, that, that, that is organic. I could only find soy that, that isn't organic. So instead I got organic formula. So I use Earth's, Earth's best. No, first, the first organic one I tried was Honest. And that was making my baby constipated. Like his poops was coming out hard. It was like, and I saw him straining. So, and mind you, every baby's different. For him, he was constipated with Honest. And Honest is, um, it is organic. So then once I saw he was constipated with that, I switched to a different organic formula. It's called Earth's Best. And that's what worked for him. He was... He was not constipated. He was not spitting up. Like it, that was like the perfect fit. So I did. Switch See, up. you guys are probably a little bit more spoiled and a little more fancy now because I had my son over ten years ago. I, I, I don't. I mean, even organic people didn't talk about organic as right. much. Now exactly. it wasn't a thing. It was like, hey, it's it not one. a thing, right? So now there's so many different options. There's so much healthier options. There's so much fanciness. So yeah, y'all, y'all don't got fancy now, but. Uh, <laughs> I was like, okay, good start. Let's go. But uh, <laughs> that's good for people to know now that they have the option of organic or not organic or breastfeeding or whatever the case is. And as far as breastfeeding, ladies, we have this conversation, but we're basically just saying it's okay to choose not to breastfeed. I know a lot of people are like, damn, I should breastfeed. Mm-hmm. I have to breastfeed. They feel like if I don't, I'm failing my child. Do whatever makes you comfortable. Right. If you feel like the baby's not getting enough, Get the baby off the breast and get to formula. You don't want to starve your baby of right. based on how you want to be perceived or and whatever. You can do case. both. Oh yes, you're right. That's another thing. Some people do half and half. You're right about that. Yeah, you can do both too. You know, um, but you just got to keep up with. Make sure you keep up with the breastfeeding, be- so that way you can keep getting your milk supply. Because once you stop. Um, the milk stops coming when you know. yep. so just make sure you you keep them breastfeeding you know often so that way you can keep getting milk and then you can supplement it with the formula organic formula of you know if that makes you feel better um I know it did for me um but yeah so and yeah that like like Rosalie said don't um don't feel guilty if you don't get milk. Don't feel guilty because you had a dream of breastfeeding and you didn't because, hey, that was me. I had a dream of breastfeeding. And once I saw that I wasn't getting enough milk and my baby wasn't hungry, it's not working, then boom, on to the next plan. You know, that's it. you need you need to be resilient. You need to you need to go with the flow. Not everything is going to happen the way you plan it, you, including your birth experience. You could plan on not using epidural because that's just your dream of not doing epidural. Some people, they don't like medications. They're more holistic. And I respect that. I'm, I am very holistic in many ways as well, except I'm not going to go through that pain. So I'm going to do epidural, but some people, they have a dream of just giving a natural birth and that's great. It's your birth. It's your choice. But guess what? If you're, if it's too much, or let's say, let's say your labor is taking longer than expected, right? Cause some people's like, Oh, I don't want epidural, but then anything can happen during your labor could go in any direction. Me personally. And that's another reason why I chose epidural because 
whatever is about to happen, at least I'm not going to go through any pain. Because, yeah. You know what I mean? It can go, like I said, you can tear all the way. There's all types of stuff. Your, your labor could take forever. There's all types of stuff that can happen. I don't, I don't want to be in pain the whole however many hours. So whatever is about to happen, just I want to make sure I'm medicated. I'm un- my pain is covered because I know that this could either go great or it cannot go so, so great. So let me be prepared. But let's, you know, some like I said, some people they have a dream of not doing epidural. Don't feel defeated if you have to get the epidural. You gotta, yep. you gotta go gotta with the do flow. what you gotta do. Yep, you gotta go with the flow. And that's from the moment you're pregnant to giving birth to being a mother in general. You gotta let yep. go with you're the right flow. Right about that. Because <laughs> even after the fact, you can have a plan and then yep. you know things have to change. But just go according to to what works for you and you don't have to look into other people's experience. Obviously, this episode was to share our experiences. It may be valuable to some. It may not mean anything to other people. Of course, whatever is best for you, then you do it your way. But I just wanted to share perspective from two mothers that um, have experienced it. Um, You twice, me once. Um, Do you have any last things you want to say to these new mothers that are coming out of quarantine with babies because (laughs) they were fucking no. No, y'all was fucking no, but for real. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, I, I, there's so much to say to cover that, you know, I wish we had all the time. Um, one thing I, I didn't mention was with the, with the water breaking, they gave me the option. Do they, they asked me, do you want me to break your water first and then do the epidural? Or do you want to do the epidural and then break your water? I had such wonderful nurses. I remember it was at night. It was the night nurses. They were young. They looked at me and they were like, get the epidural first. Trust me. Trust me. Like they seen it before. So (laughs) you trust your nurses, guys. Trust them. They want the best for you. And I was like, okay, I believe you. I believe you. And you know, and you know, them breaking your water is going to hurt because even when they um, put their hands all the way up there to see if you're dilated and you don't have the epidural. Oh my gosh. It is just excruciating pain and so I can only imagine them going so far up to pop that water so I was like so I listened to the nurses get the epidural before they pop your water if your water doesn't break um that's good information for them to know because I didn't know nothing about that because it just happened to pop on its own but that's good for people that know and another thing so um I remember so with my second baby you know I had him during coronavirus and um they were telling me like if you get tested positive for coronavirus you have to be separated from your baby oh wow so ask your doctor about that and see what's going on with the whole coronavirus thing going on um just make sure you're informed um as much as you can and another thing ladies one last thing i'm gonna tell you is be watchful um advocate for yourself if something doesn't feel right let your nurse know let your doctor know speak up for yourself if you don't want something stand your ground if you want something stand your ground don't be a mouse don't be shy um, when it comes to your health care okay so that's something that I'm gonna 
that I really, really stress as a healthcare professional, uh, as a woman of color, and I and as a, a mother who you know went into the hospital to have my baby, be be vigilant on your care. Make sure people are taking good care of you and speak up. And, and, yes, and, and you know, and and try try to be nice about it. I'm not going to say I was nice about it the whole way through. I have <laughs> a lot of hormones. I'm very outspoken. So Yes, you are, boo-boo. <laughs> I'm not very, you know, I wouldn't say I'm very proud of uh, of all of my moments, but speak up try to do it as graceful as you can but they should understand but definitely speak up for yourself um just an example of me speaking up for myself is after I had the epidural um the you know after you after when you when you get the epidural you can't feel your legs you can't get up from the bed. You can't feel from the waist down because it numbs you. So you don't feel the pain. So you're in the bed. So that means you can't get up and go to the bathroom. So you have a catheter in your bladder before you push, they take the catheter out and then you start pushing when it's time to push. So when it's time to push, they, they take the catheter out so that you can start pushing because you're on epidural and you're numb down there and your bladder might be full and you don't know that and, and, and you don't know to pee and your body doesn't know to pee and Mm -hmm. you need to pee. Okay. So me, so they get concerned and they, and they're right about, um, your bladder, um, you know, something bad happening to your bladder because it's so full. So you don't want anything bad to happen to your bladder. So you, you do want to pee. Now me personally, I know my body, you know, I paid a lot of attention to it. And I, my intuition was telling me, I know I'm going to pee. Okay. I'm not going to sit here because the, the, the nurse, she was going to leave off shift and a new nurse was going to come and she's going to have to write in her notes that I never peed. And that's really not that great. Um, <laughs> but I told her, just put in your notes patient. So, so she wanted to straight cat me and that is just when they stick a catheter up again real quick just so you could pee and take it out and so she wanted to do that so that way she can say that I relieved my bladder and she's doing it also for my best interest you know and but I told her I know my body I know that I'm gonna end up peeing soon maybe you're gonna leave before that happens but I know I'm going to pee soon. I do not want to be straight cath. Um, I don't want anything. The, the, the more your bladder, if the more things you stick up there, the more chance of an infection, you know, like a UTI, which can turn dangerous. I don't want to risk any infections. So I'd rather not stick anything up there. Even if it's a small risk, I don't want it. I'd rather wait till I pee on my own. So I advocate that's a that's an example of advocating for yourself um yes which ladies make sure you do you're right if it doesn't feel right or it doesn't make you comfortable then you have to speak on it or if you do want something specific especially when it comes to your health yes exactly when you want something say it when you don't want something say it always don't be scared to speak up so that's just my last piece of advice and um I wish 
anyone right now who is pregnant the most beautiful, graceful birth. (laughs) I hope you guys have an amazing pregnancy, despite where you are in your pregnancy. Maybe you're a couple weeks, maybe you're in your second trimester, maybe you are ready to pop. But yes, I too hope you guys have an amazing pregnancy, an amazing birth. And um, once the time comes, I will welcome you guys to motherhood if I know you. If I don't, then you can hear this and know that we are welcoming you. Welcome to motherhood right now. (laughs) Early welcome. Yes, Yes, ma'am. Welcome to the club. Thank you for joining me, Natalie, and sharing your experiences. I hope uh, men and women, whoever decides to listen, I hope you learned something new again. Do your own research, find out what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Don't feel guilty about what may have worked for your friend, your sister, because other people have the tendency of like, oh, you should do this and you should do this because I did this. Listen, it's your pregnancy. It'll be your child. Do what works for you. Um, And thank you again, Natalie, for joining me. Thank you, Rue. So uh, that's my nickname for her is (laughs) Rue. Yes, and yours is Roan. (laughs) All right. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye.